Braves and baseball fans, it's time to take a trip from coast to coast across Major League Baseball. There it goes, a long drive. If it stays fair, home run. One strike away. Sandy into his windup. Here's the pitch. Swung out and missed a perfect game. Fly ball deep left center. Grissom on the run. Yes, yes, yes. The Atlanta Braves have given you a championship. Listen to this crowd. Left side, Swanson to first. Braves and baseball talk, straight from the diamond. Here's Grant McCauley. Hello and welcome into a National League Division Series preview edition of From the Diamond. As always, I'm Grant McCauley. We made it through the 162-game season, and now the time has arrived. That, of course, is the most important time of year for the Atlanta Braves, and we've got a lot to talk about on this edition of the show. Before we get started, getting it lined up for the Braves and the Phillies, the things to expect, some of the roster decisions the Atlanta Braves made, and of course, you're going to hear from some of the members of this Braves club as they embark on their postseason journey. I want to remind you, as always, subscribe to From the Diamond wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow along on social media. Find me just about anywhere, at Grant McCauley. You can also like the show on Facebook and find it on Instagram. Just search for From the Diamond. And if you need links to any and all of those things, FromTheDiamond.com has got you covered there. Also want to let you know about something cool I'm going to be doing throughout the course of the postseason. Going to be bringing you some post-game coverage on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We will be getting that started after Game 2 of the NLDS. I'll be teaming up with a few of my friends over at the station to recap each of these games, let you hear from the players, and of course to take your calls to get your thoughts on what the Braves are doing throughout October. So make sure you are tuned in when the Braves wrap up each of their postseason games. And again, that will begin this coming Monday, and I will be in studio after the Braves road games throughout the postseason as well. So I'm excited to bring you the best coverage of Braves postseason baseball all October long, and I'm hoping maybe this October pushes its way right on over into November. That would be just fine, and it would mean a lot of good things are going on for the Atlanta Braves. But we cannot flip to that chapter of the script yet because we haven't written this chapter. And of course, this chapter is the National League Division Series, and it's a rematch with the Philadelphia Phillies. Let's size these two teams up. They met 13 times in the regular season with the Braves winning eight of those 13 games. Atlanta outscored the Phillies 74-58 across those 13 contests, out-homered the Phillies 24-19, had an OPS of 8-10 against the Phillies head-to-head. That sounds like the Atlanta Braves we watched all season long. Phillies, they've got some sluggers as well with Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber and Trey Turner, JT Romuto, guys the Braves know all too well. But the OPS for the Phillies head-to-head against the Braves, just 698. Braves starters had an ERA of 446 against the Phillies, who had a starters ERA of 488. The Philadelphia rotation was one of their strengths. For the Braves, they were trying to plug multiple holes throughout the course of the year just to have a starting five. When it comes to the bullpens, though, if you look at the Phillies and the Braves, you might not see a whole lot of differences, but you know Atlanta struggled down the stretch. But head-to-head, the Braves' bullpen had a 3.47 ERA against the Phillies in those 13 games. The Phillies' bullpen was a 4.70 mark against the Braves. This is an offense that can get into a bullpen and wreak havoc. It's also an offense that can rough up starters, and that's what we've seen from this head-to-head battle. The Phillies and the Braves certainly know how to put runs on the board. As for the National League East race, there really wasn't one for the Braves this year. They finished with the best record in baseball, 104-58, 14 games ahead of the Philadelphia Phillies, who were 90-72. and 
That 91 season for Philadelphia was the most for the club since the 2011 campaign when they won 102 games and were on top of the National League East standings. It also represents yet another step forward as the Phillies have improved their record for three consecutive full seasons, going from 82 wins and a second-place finish in 2022 to 87 wins and a National League pennant last year and to 90 wins here in 2023. Let's look at a few offensive stats for the Braves and the Phillies. Atlanta, I won't bore you. They led the league in a lot of offensive categories. That includes OPS, runs scored, home runs, batting average, and the likes. Philadelphia Phillies were 6th in the National League in OPS at 765. The Braves, if you're curious, was 845. The Braves hit 276 as a team. The Phillies batted 256, ninth best mark in Major League Baseball. The Phillies were 8th in MLB with 220 home runs. The Braves, of course, tied the Major League record with 307 long balls. If we're looking at just overall runs scored, and then we'll move over to the pitching side, 947 runs, a modern franchise record for the Braves, the most in Major League Baseball. Phillies, though, 8th in MLB, 796 runs scored. This is a team that can score a lot of runs, but can any team match up with the Atlanta Braves offense blow for blow? That's one of the big questions for this National League Division Series matchup. On the pitching side, it wouldn't appear that a lot is different between these two teams. Philadelphia 12th in Major League Baseball with an ERA of 4.03, the Braves at 4.14 right behind them. The Phillies rotation turned in a 4.30 ERA this year, while the Braves were at 4.36. The Phillies bullpen, though, a 3.58 mark with 7th best in Major League Baseball, the Braves 11th best with a 3.81 ERA out of their relievers. Atlanta's bullpen was a top-five mark throughout the course of the season until hitting the month of September. That's when things went sideways for the Braves' bullpen with an ERA well over six. That group, though, has looked better of late and has had a chance to rest. And when you start thinking about the relievers you're going to be using in the high-lever situations of October, I think we're going to see this series managed a bit different than what the Braves were doing over the final two-and-a-half weeks of the regular season. The Phillies have plenty of sluggers on this team. Kyle Schwarber finished second in the National League to Matt Olson with 47 home runs. Nick Castellanos, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, JT Romuto, and Alec Bohm, they all hit 20 or more home runs. With Castellanos leading the club with 106 runs knocked in, Schwarber had 104, and Bohm with 97, a new career high for the Philly third baseman. Unsurprisingly, as you look at OPS for this team, Bryce Harper leading the way there. 21 homers and 72 runs knocked in in 126 games in his age 30 season, turned in that 900 OPS, batting 293, on basing over 400, and returning to the Phillies after needing Tommy John surgery and even learning a new position of first base. We've seen a lot of things from Bryce Harper this year, and he is central to what the Phillies were able to do in 2023. Their big signing over the offseason, Trey Turner. You look at the final numbers, not bad. 266 average, not what we expect from a guy who's won a batting title. But 26 homers, 30 stolen bases, 102 runs scored. Those are the kind of stats you would expect from Trey Turner, who played 155 games at shortstop for the Phillies in the first season of an 11-year, $300 million free agent contract he signed over the winter. Turner was one of the huge stories for the Phillies in the second half. That's when he played some of his best baseball. But the Phillies also have a couple of other names that Braves fans are familiar with. One they've seen in the National League East for about a decade now. That's JT Romuto. 20 homers, 16 steals. The all-star catcher leading the Philadelphia staff in his age 32 season behind the plate. A couple of young players who have stepped in and played major roles in addition to Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott. The Phillies' second baseman who had the big grand slam in the wild card against the Miami Marlins. He's just 25 years old and seems to be coming into his own. And Brandon Marsh, who came over in a trade from the Angels, has also been an everyday regular for this club. On the pitching side, it all starts with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. 
The Braves, though, won't have to face those guys in Games 1 and 2. Instead, it'll be Game 2 and Game 3 because both of those men pitched in the wildcard series against the Marlins, which the Phillies won two games to none. Look a little bit deeper in this rotation. You find Taiwan Walker, who was 15-6, and six, and of course Ranger Suarez will be getting Game 1. The lefty who faced the Braves in the opening contest of the NLDS last year, he struggled with his control in that start. If he does that again this year, the 2023 Braves might make him pay a little bit more than last year's more strikeout-prone club did. The Phillies' bullpen has a lot of veteran relievers who had pretty good seasons. We know all about Craig Kimbrell, who led the team with 23 saves. Jose Alvarado saved 10 games and had a 174 ERA. Matt Strom, Gregory Soto, Jeff Hoffman, and Sir Anthony Dominguez also play big roles in the pen. And a newcomer by the name of Orion Kirkering could also be a big factor for the Phillies in their bullpen this series. On the Braves' side, we've talked about it all year long. There's 307 home runs, led by the Major League home run leader Matt Olson, who also led Major League Baseball with 139 runs knocked in. That, though, was seemingly the secondary story because the Braves' offense was powered by Ronald Acuna Jr.'s MVP-caliber season. He batted 337, 41 homers, 106 runs batted in, 149 runs scored. An incredible season for Acuna, who played 159 games and proved himself healthy, which was one of the big question marks for the Braves coming into this season. Atlanta had five players with over 30 home runs and three players with 40 or more home runs, which has only happened four times in baseball history. This offense was quite simply dynamic, explosive, potent, whatever word you want to put on it, the Braves' offense, when it comes to productivity, was in a class by itself. Now, on the pitching side, the Braves were led by Spencer Strider this year. 20-5 with a 3.86 ERA in his 32 starts, and he led Major League Baseball with 281 strikeouts. Bryce Elder was an all-star, but he struggled in the second half, 12-4 in his 31 starts with a 3.81 ERA, and Charlie Morton was one of the other anchors of this club. He went 14-12 with a 3.64 ERA in his 30 starts, but he hurt his right index finger in his final outing of the year, and he is out for the National League Division Series. That puts more of a focus on the returning Max Fried, who spent three months on the injured list with a forearm strain, came back, was very effective, and now has been dealing with blister issues for the past couple of weeks. Fried was 8-1 with a 2.55 ERA, but made just 14 starts this season. Beyond that, the Braves' bullpen appears to have the pieces in place that it needs. Rysel Iglesias saved 33 games with his 2.75 ERA despite missing time at the start of the season. A.J. Minter led the staff with 70 appearances and shook off a tough start to his season to settle into a role as one of the primary setup men for the Braves. Joe Jimenez was the other, a 3.04 ERA for Joe this year, 73 strikeouts in 56 and a third innings. And the Braves went out and added Pierce Johnson from the Colorado Rockies, and he looked extremely good in his 24 outings, a 0.76 ERA. Those are the four main relievers you can expect to see getting the biggest outs for the Braves this postseason. So those are some of the key players, performers, and stats for both of these clubs from the regular season. But of course we know there's more to this series. It's a rematch of the NLDS from a year ago. The Braves had big aspirations in 2022. We know all about it. They won 101 games. They stormed back to win the NL East. And then they ran into the roadblock that was the Philadelphia Phillies, who knocked the Braves out of the postseason in four games in last year's division series and took it right on to the World Series where they lost to the Houston Astros the club the Braves beat in 2021, but there would be no rematch, as they say in Rocky, if you'll spare me the Philadelphia pun. The Braves didn't get back to the World Series. Instead, it was the Phillies who made it all the way there and won the National League pennant. As you size up the entire National League playoff picture, I think a lot of eyes are going to be on the Braves and the Phillies as being one of the marquee matchups. Yes, there's the rematch story of a year ago, 
but both of these clubs just seem to be built for October. Philly proved it a year ago. I think they're better this season. Their record certainly shows it, and they've got that experience. But I will also say, as you've heard me talk about all year long, the Atlanta Braves are better this season as well. They had baseball's best record. Their offense was historic, and I think they've got the pitching to carry them as far as they need to go as well. The big question is health. That's one of the big stories we're going to be talking about as we set up the first couple of games of this division series because some decisions had to be made and the Braves' pitching plans were not without injury, kind of throwing a wrench into things. If you flash back to a year ago, Max Fried was sick. Spencer Strider was dealing with an oblique injury. This time around, Spencer Strider, the major league strikeout leader and 20-game winner, is going to take the ball in Game 1, and Max Fried will get the ball in Game 2, despite the fact he's been having to deal with a blister issue. The Braves and Free believe it's manageable. They've been working very hard over the past few weeks to make it such so that he would be able to take the mound in the most important games of the season for his club. The division series also breaks down with a number of off days, which could help the Braves in one big way, and that's to minimize the loss of Charlie Morton in the division series as he's dealing with a sprained right index finger. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the pitching decisions later on when we get into the playoff roster for the Atlanta Braves. But I think the starting pitching is where it's got to begin. Brian Snitker confirmed that Spencer Strider's getting that Game 1 start. Max Fried will go in Game 2 for the Braves. And, of course, uh, the Braves and Phillies, these are not strangers. They played 13 times this year. The Braves won 8 of those 13 games, and that included an important series. And I think an indicator for this series, an important indicator for what the Braves are capable of, because they stormed into Philadelphia in the middle of September, won 3 out of 4, and clinched the National League East. With that being said and done, was that a sign of things to come? The Braves certainly hope so, and they needed to win the NL East on their way to winning the most games in all of baseball and clinching home field advantage throughout the postseason. They want to be able to gain control of this series by having that home field advantage here starting in the NLDS, and Brian Snitker believes that Spencer Strider is ready to step on that mound and help the Braves start out on the winning track. I think he's very much ready. Um, especially he experienced it last year and, you know, it was a tough situation for him. So I think he's probably really excited to have this opportunity when he's healthy and well-rested and, and prepared. Brian Snitker said Spencer Strider and everyone is aware of what this time of year means. And when it comes to battling a club they're familiar with, like the Philadelphia Phillies, not much has changed, but one major thing is on their collective minds. Just what we're playing for now. It's a postseason. It's different. It is different. The games play different. It's you do different things. It's it's exciting. There's you know both ballparks are going to be crazy, but it, you know it's kind of why we've just played these last seven months to put ourselves in this position to be able to experience this. Now, the Braves went eight and five against the Philadelphia Phillies in the regular season this year. That included taking three out of four in mid-September to clinch the National League East and doing so at Citizens Bank Park. These two teams seem to be, I think, on a collision course to meet again this October, and that's exactly what is happening. So how does Brian Snitker and his club view this particular matchup after already meeting the Phillies 13 times this year? I'll let him tell you. I don't know that we feel any differently than anybody else we play. It's a team we want to beat. Um, They're a really good club. I look at that offense, and it's similar to ours, I think. I mean, they're so powerful. It's a good team. They're an experienced team. They've made a lot of good moves. So, you know, I think they're even better than they were last year, quite honestly, when we played them all this year and looking at them now. And it's going to be a great series. 
and um, it's two really good ball clubs. For the fourth consecutive postseason, the Braves find themselves dealing with some questions in their starting rotation. Charlie Morton is out for the division series. Max Fried, though, activated from the injured list, will start game two for the club, but has been dealing with a blister issue. So how is the Braves' ace left-hander, a man who has thrown some very big games in October for this club, feeling heading into the postseason? Brian Snitker discussed that, and if the club is worried about the possibility that that blister issue may crop up again for Freed. No, I mean, there's always a concern about that, I think. But everything went great in the inner squad. He got the ups we needed, the pitches, the finger held up really well. So he's good to go as far as we're concerned. It's not just pitching injuries that a club has to deal with. A season ago, the Braves were without all-star second baseman Ozzie Albies, who had fractured his foot. Come all the way back after missing half the season, played two games, then fractured a finger, and was not available in the NLDS in the loss to the Phillies. Ozzie Albies has been a central figure for this Braves club in all six of their division titles and, of course, the 2021 World Series winning team. What does it mean to have Ozzie Albies available this time around? Brian Snitker talked about the value of their second baseman on and off the field. He's huge on this team. Just, you know, you look at performance, you look at the numbers, they speak for themselves, but just... Having him on that club and on the field is huge because he is an integral part of everything that we're trying to do. I mean, he exemplifies everything about this game and what's good about it and what and how he goes about it, plays the game, and how important he is to our team. I mean, he's, you know, that little guy that makes us go. I don't know if it's possible to talk about Ozzy Albies without immediately transitioning into Ronald Acuna Jr., And when we flash back to a year ago, while Ronald was involved in the National League Division Series, he was not the same player that he is this year. This was an MVP season. This, as we watched it on a regular basis, was history. A 40-homer, 70-stolen base season, something that had never been done before. He led the National League in hits, on base percentage, runs scored, driving in 100 runs at the leadoff spot, and finished second in the batting race all while making himself the best version of Ronald Acuna Jr. we've ever seen. That means that the Braves basically have a whole different player this time around than they did a year ago. Brian Snicker discussed the kind of impact that having this version of Ronald Acuna Jr. could make on the 2023 NLDS battle. He's probably the one guy that's coming through his skin right now to get this thing started. Because, and I talked to him, you know, now you're going to get that opportunity because he's whole and he's healthy and... Like I say, even coming off a great year like he did, I mean, I I know he just can't wait to get this thing started and be able to perform on that platform. The Braves are going to be handing the ball in Game 1 to Spencer Strider. He has had experience against the Philadelphia Phillies that truly runs the gamut. Let's start with his regular season numbers against them. In eight games, Strider is 8-0 with a 190 ERA. Seven of those were starts in 47 and a third innings, 72 strikeouts, only 10 walks, just 25 hits. The Phillies own just a 151 batting average against him. Now that is a stark contrast from what we saw a year ago when Spencer Strider, coming off that oblique injury, was not able to give the Braves the start they needed in the division series. In fact, the Phillies took that game and control of the NLDS and would deal the Braves that series loss in four games. A lot has happened since then. Strider, with a 20-5 season, struck out 281 batters to set a Braves franchise record and lead all of Major League Baseball. When you close your eyes and imagine the type of power pitcher that you want on the mound in the postseason, Spencer Strider fits that bill to a T, and now he has the opportunity to pitch game one of a postseason series, something he has long looked forward to. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what you play for. It's what you work for is uh, opportunities in the postseason. You know, that's been our goal as a team for the entire season. We showed up to, to spring training. 
um, you know, we expected to be here, and uh, in some ways, this is when the season starts for us. So, you know, we did a lot of good stuff in the regular season. You know, some of that will carry over in some ways, but most of it won't. So, this is sort of a fresh slate. Like I said, we're excited to play some meaningful, energetic baseball and uh, kind of go out and play our game. It's hard to ignore those lifetime numbers. Spencer Strider has been dominant against the Phillies in the regular season. It's also hard to completely throw out last season's start. And while Spencer Strider won't be making excuses about the injury he was dealing with, this is a different version of the pitcher that the Phillies saw last year who will be facing them in Game 1 of this series. Any amount of success is good. Um, you go into the postseason, you want to feel like you can be successful, and you've done it before, but... You know, it's, like I said, it's a fresh slate, so they're a dangerous team. They're a very good team. They had a phenomenal regular season as well, and so, you know, we're expecting them to come out and, and fire on all cylinders, and, you know, we want to be as well. So, you know, fortunately, like I said, we got to do the scrimmages, and we feel like we're a lot more uh, dialed in than we were last year, haven't taken time off. And, you know, I think uh, the postseason is such an energetic environment that, uh, you know, anything can happen, and, and, you know, we want to go out and sort of just stick to our strengths and regardless of the opponent. So try not to make too much of a, you know, a deal about who we play. It's more so about what we do and what we need to do to be successful. As I mentioned earlier, the Braves are no strangers to injuries that affect their plans for their postseason rotation. Last year, Spencer Strider and Max Reed weren't at 100%. Coming into this year, Strider isn't having to deal with those questions or a long layoff. So how does he feel about how this year lines up as opposed to last year for himself and the Braves rotation? It's always good to be healthy. We have some limitations for sure still, but... Um, you know, Max didn't get to pitch as much as he would have liked to finish the regular season with this blister. But, um, you know, he threw this week and he feels good. And, and, and um, I think we, everybody feels good right now. So that's great. And um, having the time off, I think it's still beneficial. You know, some people talk about getting to play is better than having the time off. But I think it's good for us to sort of take a little bit of a chance to recover. And like I said, we did get our reps in this week. So, yeah, everybody feels good. I feel good. And we're looking forward to getting it started. The Braves entered 2023 with one goal in mind. That was to reach and win the World Series yet again. As the regular season played out, the Braves turned in the best record in all of baseball at 104-58. and That, as you well know, gives them home field advantage throughout the postseason. It also puts a target squarely on their backs, as if they didn't already have one, being a club that won the World Series just two years ago. So how is the club feeling about the pressure and the expectation that comes with that moniker of being the best team in baseball? Spencer Strider discussed that as well. Well, I think you embrace it. You know, we wanted this opportunity. You know, I think that we played a lot of meaningful games this year, but down the stretch we clinched early. And, you know, there were certainly some times where it felt like we were sort of waiting to get to October and play that meaningful baseball. And, you know, the way things ended last year, everybody was itching to get back into this environment and have this opportunity. So... You know, we're excited and expecting a, a big crowd to come out and have good fans and, and a really good environment between two good teams. And so, you know, that's kind of what we've been looking forward to all year is this chance to play, like I said, some energetic baseball here in October. Well, Braves catcher Travis Darno has been behind the plate to watch Spencer Strider grow over the past couple of years, becoming one of the best strikeout pitchers in all of baseball and certainly the best in franchise history, given that he just set the single season record. But now it's not so much about records, it's about the moment. And is Spencer Strider ready to step up and be the Braves' Game 1 starter? I'll let Travis Darno share his thoughts. He's ready. He's ready. You know, he's done his homework. He's faced these guys enough over the last couple of years to, to kind of understand what, what he needs to do to get ready. So we're all confident in him that he's going to be ready to go. You've been a part of quite a few of these things. Every year's a little bit different. Last year, I know going in, not having Max at full strength, Spencer also dealing with a little bit of something. How much of a difference maker is it this year to have those guys coming in in a completely different capacity? It's a huge difference. You know, I know Strider was, he was who he normally is for three innings, but, you know, not throwing for weeks makes it harder to, to have your conditioning up. I'm not using that as an excuse, but 
that's how it is. That's how I have seen it play out, especially when guys come back from any injury. So to have you know both our two top guys to be ready to go for games one and two at home is special. And yeah, we're all excited. Let's hear from a few more members of the 2023 Atlanta Braves as they embark on this postseason journey that they hope is going to take them all the way back to the World Series. Some of them have been there before. Others, this is their first and perhaps best chance because you just never know how these things are going to play out. One man who's been a big part of the Braves' success the last two years, well, he's 22-year-old center fielder Michael Harris II. I had the chance to catch up with him on Friday and get his thoughts on the rematch with the Philadelphia Phillies and much more. This is your second year and the second time you guys are going to be seeing the Phillies in the postseason. I know you guys played them really tough this year. This is a budding rivalry at the very least. What have you seen from them as you guys get prepared for this postseason rematch? Uh, we pretty much see the same thing from them. Um, every time we play them, they try to give us their all, and, and it's always it always comes down to the end against them. And I think it's a little more intense because it's a division rival, and obviously what happened last year. People want to see a different outcome a lot more. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be intense, and uh, I think it'll be fun. I know the Phillies have a really powerful lineup, as do the Atlanta Braves. When you look at what you guys were able to accomplish over the course of the season and obviously the importance of scoring runs in the postseason, do you feel like this is an offense that's built to just continue what it's been doing all year long? Yeah, I don't think it'll just go away. I mean, um, we've been doing it, pretty, I guess, pretty consistently all year, and I don't think it'll stop now. But, uh yeah, they have great pitching staff over there. We just got to, I guess, stick to our game plan and, and try to do what works for us. You look at these first couple of games, you got Spencer Strider and Max Fried on the mound for you. I know last year was probably not the way that those guys wanted to go into the postseason. Max was sick. Spencer was dealing with an injury. How big is it for this club to have those two guys to be able to take the ball in these first two games? Yeah, that's huge. I think that's one of the bigger advantages for having, I guess, the, the few days off, get some guys healthy, see how they're feeling uh, after a uh, a long season and getting to, I guess, the most crucial part of the season and uh, trying to get to that championship. So um, I guess they're feeling good and can't wait to play behind them. That preparation you guys had this year was a little bit different than last year. How did you like playing in these three practice games and what advantages do you feel like it gives the club from a continuity standpoint, maybe being able to stay on task and on schedule? Yeah, I guess it was just it was good to keep the intensity up, uh, have fans here and have them here with us through the whole process. Obviously, the Phillies were hot at the right time and and I guess we kind of cooled down towards the end of the season, and we didn't really keep the intensity going during those few days. So um, I'm glad we did that this year. And uh, just being, keeping your body in in game form and game shape. Uh, I guess last year, just doing the lives, you're taking at bats, and I guess you get your at bats and you're gone. You're not really running the bases. You're not going through game situations with, I guess, a defense out there or I don't know, just being out there uh, with each other uh, like it normally would in, in a game. So. I guess it'll be, it'll be huge from us doing that this year. Well, Harris is one of the young and up-and-coming Braves. A man in that exact same role not too long ago is third baseman Austin Riley. Now he has been part of the Braves' playoff runs in each of the last four years and is a cornerstone player for this club. So how is he feeling heading into this matchup against the Phillies? Well, I'll let him tell you. I don't feel any pressure. I think it's, you know, you this game's so crazy. Anything can happen. Any team can beat you at any point in time. I think that's why this game's so, so great. Um, it's about, you know, especially in the postseason, capitalize on opportunities and not making mistakes. And, uh, you know, I think these guys in this clubhouse are about as prepared as you can be. So, you know, I don't feel anything. So I'm excited. Uh, it's a really good ball club over there, and, and there's a lot of hype behind it. So uh, it should be a fun series. The Braves kept themselves quite busy with their week off this time as opposed to last year, playing those three practice games in hopes of keeping their schedule a little bit more normal. The Braves lost in four games to the Phillies a year ago. There were a variety of factors. Maybe the time off, maybe some injuries, 
Maybe running into a really hot club. Either way, Austin Riley shared his thoughts on the difference between last year and this year. You know, I think we had some guys roughed up that guys are trying to be there for their team and play through stuff. But, um, you know, I think the way we handled, you know, this little week break uh, this year, is, uh, I feel really good as far as like just the game speed of playing games and, and seeing live, you know, ABs with some fans and then you know for me personally is you know getting some ground balls and keeping my rhythm at third base I think that's big so uh, I think we're in a good spot I really do you know obviously the way things went last year you know wanting to get back to the World Series and and just like I said the week that we've had this past week with the games you know I don't think we could be any more prepared than than um, you know so I, I really like where we're at. And there you hear it. I think there's a good confidence in that Braves clubhouse that they've done everything they need to do to prepare for this series. But having been familiar with the Philadelphia Phillies, not just from last year's experience, but year in and year out playing this club as a division rival with those big moments also mixed in, Austin Riley, like just about everyone, is expecting this to be a hotly contested series. It's going to be a good one. Uh, it's, it really is from both sides. You know, obviously, you know, our home base, you know, fans are going to be, stadium's going to be packed. And when we go there, it's going to be packed. So it's going to be electric, I guess, is a, is a good term, that, you know, for this series. And it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a lot of, you know, back and forth punching, you know, beating each other up. And you know, I think that's playoff baseball, and that's what it's about. It's going to, like I said, they're a really good team and a lot of great players over there. So it should be fun. I'm excited. I know, you know everybody else in this clubhouse is. Now, it's easy on the outside looking in to get caught up with the narratives that can be involved with the postseason series. When you're a fan and you're living and dying on every pitch and a team knocks you out of the postseason and ends the year that you were hoping would lead to another World Series, you might be motivated for a little bit of revenge. But as far as the Braves are concerned, when that question comes up, that's not really what's on their mind. I'll let Austin Riley give you his answer. I look at it more as, like I said, this game is crazy. Anything can happen at any time. And, you know, I, I don't know if I put revenge on it. I think it's just, you know, trying to go out there and prove something to our fans and give them what they want. And, and that's, you know, a World Series. And, and this is the first step in, in getting that, you know, whether it's, it's whoever, you know, was on the other side. So, you know, I think we're just focused on playing our game and, and, and you know, just trying to, you know, be the best that we can. That's Braves third baseman Austin Riley coming off his third consecutive 30-homer, 90-plus run batted in season. And no doubt, in the third spot of the Braves order, he's going to be counted on to be part of the run-scoring machine. But that's exactly what this Braves lineup is. It has been a run-scoring machine. So, on the flip side of that, how is this Braves club going to be dealing with the Philadelphia Phillies, especially in late and close situations? I had a chance to talk to two guys who are going to play major roles for the Braves out of their bullpen the first of which was a newcomer for this Atlanta team, a trade deadline acquisition from Colorado. Pierce Johnson is a 32-year-old veteran right-hander who's got some serious strikeout stuff, and he's used it for 24 appearances with the Braves, posting an 076 ERA and punching out 32 batters in 23 and two-thirds innings and becoming one of the Braves' better setup options. Johnson is no stranger to the postseason, having pitched for the Padres in 2020 and 2022, but he's excited to be part of what the Braves are putting together this October. Having a chance since the trade deadline last couple of months to really get to know these guys, to be able to, I'm sure, you know, settle in, and it seemed quite obvious with the results, this has been a fun ride for you so far. How much fun is it to be a part of this group and what you guys are about to embark on? It's unbelievable. I mean, every day we show up, there's a new milestone being made. There's home runs left and right. Starting pitchers are phenomenal bullpen's been great just it's fun showing up to the field every day when you got a team like this because you don't know who's going to take the limelight that night who's going to step up and you know win the game for us and it's just been a blast everybody's pulling for each other and uh man it's just been an awesome ride so far 
last couple of years there have been some different challenges which occur throughout the course of a career having the chance to come here and get yourself on track what would you say are the thing or things that have clicked for you since you joined the Braves oh just kind of going back to basics almost um, I was trying to chase the punch the punch out too much in uh, Colorado you know I was pitching a closers role that I hadn't really had a ton of experience in so it was kind of trial and error and I did all right for the start and you know obviously had some hiccups but um didn't make the adjustments I need to make there. And uh, that was frustrating. So when I got here, they were like, hey, you do what you do. We know your curveball, you got a good heater. They're just like, do your thing. And the catchers here have done a phenomenal job, the pitching coaches, um, the defense. I mean, I didn't know I was a ground ball guy and all of a sudden I'm getting double plays. And I mean, gotta love it. And so, you know, just having the confidence in a team like that behind me, I mean, it's awesome. I can't put in words. Bullpen's always such a unique group. It has a different dynamic and makeup throughout the year, each and every year. How would you kind of describe this group that you've come into with some guys who've been here for a little while and then others like yourself who've just kind of come in and joined the fray? Yeah, it's uh, we're resilient. I mean, we got a ton of veterans, which is pretty cool. Like, I'm almost carrying the, the bullpen bag, and even though I got some service time, I mean, <laughs> we got some veterans in this group. But uh, it's really cool. We got a lot of different different kind of looks you know we got the lefties we got the righties we got the velo we got the you know the crafty guys it's uh it's been a lot of fun to watch i'm learning a lot from these guys and uh you know day in and day out these guys show up prepare and dominate last thing i have for you i talked to aj a few minutes ago and he said he's a little bit biased but you know to win in october the bullpen's got to step up and do the job and he says he looks at it as, as the opportunity for this group to really you know step in and get these big outs how excited are you to be a part of that can't wait i mean there's nothing like playoff baseball um last year was phenomenal but i got knocked out by the phillies so you know really want to go out there and, and win it all and you know this is why we play the game to win right and uh you know being a part of this bullpen is just a true honor and um just can't wait for my name to get called and, and, uh, and help the team win. That's Braves right-hander Pierce Johnson, and we know the focus on the bullpen in October, it only magnifies. And at no time was that ever more present than the 2021 team and the group they called the night shift. While the names and faces in the bullpen are going to change, there's just no two ways about that, there's still one remaining member from that group, and he's going to be a big part of the Braves' success this October. It's left-hander A.J. Minter. I had a chance to catch up with him on Friday's workout day to get his thoughts on heading into this postseason run and the rematch with the Philadelphia Phillies. You've been through quite a few of these things with this club over the past few years. Last year, obviously, did not go the way you guys wanted it to, but you know what the ultimate highs are as well. How do you kind of size all of that up, the last couple of postseasons being as different as they are heading into this one and, of course, the rematch with Philly? Yeah, if you really look at it, I mean, I feel like since the start of 2018, we've gotten better and better each year and then obviously you know we came up short last year and we ran into you know a really good Phillies team and um, they're another really good team this year so um, with that being said I mean we, we played really good baseball all year we played the Phillies really well this year and so you just can't really look into you know what happened last year the whole um, get revenge type things just go out there and just keep playing baseball like we have been all year and you know, it's just going out there and getting game one. That's that's the biggest thing. Um, we know how crucial game one is in and, and a five-game series for sure. So just go out there and not put any more pressure than ourselves and um, 
see if we can get this thing going. There's that old saying about controlling the controllables, and that sounds a lot like that. But when it comes to things you'd like to be able to control, health is one of those. Last year, Max and Spencer were both dealing with different ailments, injuries. This year they come in. I know Max has been dealing with a blister thing, but it sounds manageable. And Spencer's getting the ball in game one. How big is that for this club to be able to set the tone by having those two guys and feeling like they're in a totally different place than they were a year ago? I mean, those are the two guys you want starting for you, uh, especially these first two games. So just go out there and set the tone, like you said. Um, that's the biggest thing. It's just getting out on a you know a strong uh, first game. So Strider's been unbelievable this year. I know he's going to go out there and um, pitch with you know with attitude and um, be aggressive and um, and then Max, you know whether just coming in game two, just another guy you rely on, feel confident. Even if we lose the first game, we're confident Max go out there and you know get us a second game. So um, those are the two guys you want. And, um, but then again, you know they have really good pitching over there. So it's just this is what people want to see. This is. Um, this is the series to watch, and we know that. And uh, I'm very confident that you know the winner of this series can you know make it the whole way. So I'm um, nothing but respect for those guys over there. Obviously, they're in a division. We know them really well. Great guys, um, and can't wait to get this thing going. Last one I got for you. You're the final remaining member of the night shift, and that was a legend that was born in October in 2021. I know that the course of a 162 for a bullpen, there's a lot of hard work, a lot of grinding, a lot of things that go on. But by the time you got into October, the biggest innings ever, you guys really stood up and were able to take the ball every single time. feels like this group has a chance to do something eerily reminiscent of that just based on some of the individual performances and what this bullpen has shown throughout this year as well. I mean, I tell people all the time, I'm biased when I say it, but I think bullpen wins the World Series. Um, you have to have starting pitching throughout 162, but I think in order you know, to make it the whole way and win a World Series, you have to have good bullpen. So this is our chance to step up, um, help out this team. You know, we, we know how good our hitters are. For us to just keep us close in the game and not put too much pressure on ourselves, just keep it close and let these hitters, I mean, they can come back in any moment. So... Um, but this is when we step up, and um, I'm fully confident in, in these guys, in this group, um, in the roster that, um, that Snit and all the guys put together. Uh, we're feeling really good. So we've, we've been really good these past few months, and I fully expect us to go out there and shut the door down. Razor Lee, Ray J. Minter, among the several guys I had a chance to talk to during Friday's workout. Always appreciate that time as they give us those insights on how exactly this club is feeling heading into this rematch against the Philadelphia Phillies and what they hope will be the first of three postseason series and a repeat of the end of that 2021 campaign. Well, let's run down the Braves' NLDS roster, which was released on Saturday morning. There were, of course, some interesting decisions. We'll get to those in just a moment. The Braves opted to go with just 12 pitchers. In alphabetical order, it's right-hander Bryce Elder, lefty Max Freed, lefty Brad Hand, righty Daisbel Hernandez, righty Rysel Iglesias, righty Joe Jimenez, right-hander Pierce Johnson, left-hander A.J. Minter, right-hander A.J. Smith-Shawver, right-hander Spencer Strider, right-hander Michael Tonkin, and right-hander Kirby Yates. Braves are carrying two catchers in Travis Darnot and Sean Murphy, six infielders, Ozzy Albies, Orlando Arcia, Vaughn Grissom, Nicky Lopez, Matt Olson, and Austin Riley. And in the outfield, Ronald Acuna Jr., Michael Harris, Marcelo Zuna, who of course is a club's DH, Kevin Pillar, Eddie Rosario, and Forrest Wall. A couple of quick notes on the NLDS roster. Right-hander Michael Tonkin and right-hander Kirby Yates are both making their postseason debut. And as expected, Atlanta had to make those procedural moves to reinstate both Max Fried and Daisbell Hernandez from the injured list. So they are ready to play a role on the NLDS roster. 
Now, the Braves made a couple of interesting decisions because you knew they were mulling over some options with those practice games this past week. Some of the biggest decisions made were guys who are not on that roster. Veteran Jesse Chavez, who came back late in the season after that leg injury had him on the sidelines for three months, he won't be active for the Braves in this round. It does not mean he may not have a role to play at some point as the Braves hope to advance. The same can be said for Kyle Wright. He missed four months thanks to shoulder inflammation and did come back late in the season and was used in relief down the stretch. Given that this matchup against the Philadelphia Phillies was not a particularly favorable one for Wright, who saw the Phillies twice in the final couple of weeks, I think that might have led Atlanta to maybe just go a different direction on their postseason roster. And one of those different directions was giving Daisbell Hernandez the opportunity to be part of this bullpen mix because of his big strikeout stuff. Sometimes being unfamiliar with a pitcher can be an advantage in the postseason. And when you've faced off against a team like the Philadelphia Phillies as many times as you do during the regular season, 13 in total, well, Hernandez could be a bit of a, if you'll pardon the pun, wild card in the Braves' bullpen. Hernandez is 26 years old, and he only tossed 24 and two-thirds innings in the minor leagues and three and two-thirds innings for the Braves after getting a call-up earlier this season. He fanned six batters in his four appearances, but allowed three runs on six hits and also walked three. But he was placed on the injured list back in early August with forearm inflammation. That's the kind of injury the team is going to take very seriously at any time, but particularly for Hernandez, who was coming off Tommy John surgery that cost him the entire 2022 season. The kind of stuff that he brings to the Braves' bullpen, though, is exactly what you want in October. He's got a high 90s fastball and a slider combination that can miss a lot of bats, and that's what the Braves are hoping to see as they give Hernandez this opportunity in their first round of the playoffs. Again, it doesn't mean things can't change as the Braves move along in October, but for Hernandez, he profiles as the kind of reliever that is worth taking a shot on, and the Braves are going to do that here in the NLDS. Another arm, much like Hernandez, that you'd want to take a shot on is A.J. Smith-Shawver. The Braves got to look at Smith-Shawver in the middle of the summer, but when he went back down to AAA after a brief stint in the Braves' rotation, he landed on the injured list at AAA Gwinnett with shoulder inflammation. After coming back for Gwinnett and then being brought back to Atlanta late in the season, he flashed exactly the kind of profile that can play big in October. And if this sounds like what I just said for Daisbell Hernandez, well, that's because it is. Smith-Shawver got a start against the Chicago Cubs in the season's final week, hit 100 miles an hour in the first inning, and carried 98 into the fourth. Now, the Braves were monitoring that pitch count, but that velocity was not something that we saw especially sustained in Smith-Shawver's earlier stint with Atlanta. And that put him on the radar in a big-time way, made him an intriguing option as a multi-inning reliever or somebody who could help you in a Game 3 scenario where you just need some more innings. With Charlie Morton out, with Bryce Elder struggling, there were some things to consider for the Atlanta Braves, and they want to have those options. And for Smith-Shawver, it was right place, right time, and looking much more like the highly regarded prospect that we heard about. Now, another big thing you might already know about A.J. Smith-Shawver is he is the youngest player on the Atlanta Braves postseason roster. Just 20 years old, shot through the minor leagues this year after starting his season in high A Rome. It's going to be interesting to see how the Braves deploy him. We have not heard the Game 3 scenario as of yet, leaning towards it being Bryce Elder, who was also on the Braves postseason roster in case there was any question about that. He tossed four and two-thirds innings in the final practice game, gave up a two-run homer to Michael Harris, but nothing else, struck out four batters. And for Elder, I think that the rest that he got at the end of the season, skipping his final start on what would have been the final day of the season, and getting that opportunity to throw a few days later in the practice game scenario, maybe that has him recharged and ready to go, because Elder, who was an all-star this year and a huge part of the Braves' success in the first half, really struggled down the stretch. 
and maybe a little bit of extra rest was just what he needed to be ready to answer the call for the Braves in Game 3, and we will all find out together. And the off days the Braves have in this series can allow them to do one thing strategically that could really help them out with the Phillies already having to have played in the wildcard game and not being able to go to Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola till games two and three. The Braves, meanwhile, can go to Spencer Strider in game one, Max Fried in game two, figure out their game three plan, and then on full rest, you can bring Spencer Strider back in game four and Max Fried back in game five if necessary. That is something that the Braves most certainly need right now with Charlie Morton unavailable in this NLDS. That's a piece of strategy that could pay big dividends. Of course, the Braves are hoping to win this series and not have to go the full five, but they'll take it however they can get it to win in advance. Other inclusions on the postseason roster that might be a little bit surprising? Well, infielder Vaughn Grissom made the cut. And that may have to do with the number of pitchers the Braves decided to carry or not carry, as the case may be. It doesn't hurt to have somebody with the bat-to-ball skills that Grissom has, but he did not get a lot of major league opportunity after coming into spring training with a lot of hype and the possibility of becoming Atlanta's starting shortstop. He got into 23 games at the big league level for the Braves this year and batted 280, But just four extra base hits and only two walks led to a sub-700 OPS. Now, as you look at the Braves' starting lineup, you know that there's not a whole lot of moving parts there. Maybe in left field with Eddie Rosario and Kevin Pillar. Other than that, you're kind of bringing guys along to help you out just in case they are needed. We know that pinch runners are a big part of the postseason, and I'm sure that Forrest Wall is going to be a big player in that department. Vaughn Grissom could also offer you something there. He stole 13 bases and 15 attempts at AAA, but was unsuccessful in his only stolen base attempt for the Braves this year. So that's the group the Braves are going to be going with for the National League Division Series in this rematch against the Philadelphia Phillies. Just in case you wanted a rundown of when all these games are going to be taking place, I got you covered for that too. Games 1 and 2 are going to happen at Truist Park, 6.07 first pitch time on Saturday and on Monday. Remember, there are some off days throughout this series, and that could work in the Braves' advantage. Games 3 and 4 will take place at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia on Wednesday and Thursday, 5.07 first pitch time for Game 3, 6.07 for Game 4, and if Game 5 is necessary, it will be next Saturday in Atlanta at Truist Park with a 6.07 first pitch time. Major League Baseball could also flex those times out to 8.07 p.m. Eastern time if the other National League Division Series is already done when the Braves and Phillies meet for Games 4 and 5 if needed. So that should pretty much have you set for this National League Division Series, which is going to be, I think, one of the better postseason matchups we're going to find as these two clubs, very familiar with one another from battling in the National League East on a regular basis, but also meeting in October a year ago. It's not revenge, it's redemption, I think is what the Braves might be looking for. But honestly, I don't know that that story is really being played at all in the Braves clubhouse. They seem to have their focus on the opportunity this year to win it all, and they have a pretty good idea what it takes to do that. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this episode of From the Diamond. As always, appreciate you making some time to ride along with me, and the ride's just going to get that much better. The Atlanta Braves have reached postseason baseball. They're hoping to take it the distance. And I'm going to be around all postseason to bring you the best Braves coverage, which includes a live postgame show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We'll be getting those cranked up next week. I'll have more details on that, of course, on social media, so make sure you're following along. At Grant McCauley is where you can find me. You can also find the show on Facebook, so make sure to give me a like over there. And FromTheDiamond.com has all of those helpful links to any and all of those things I just mentioned. And, of course, on YouTube, you got to make sure you check out the Braves Postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Jake Mastriani and I will have the post game for every single Braves playoff game, so you won't want to miss that. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta. 
That's all I got for you on this edition of From the Diamond. We heard from quite a few Atlanta Braves as they get set for the most important baseball that will be played all year, and it starts on Saturday with Game 1 of the National League Division Series. I'll be coming at you on multiple platforms all week long, so I hope you'll find me on any and all of those. Until next time, I'm Grant McCauley. So long, everyone.